Hush and listen to the earth, to the song she is singing, singing rock and rain and rill from each mountain and valley, calling, calling from her heart. She is calling. What are the songs and stories of the earth? What are the songs and stories that live in us and through us, around us? Take a deep breath, please. As Walt Whitman said, every time I breathe in, I breathe the outside world into myself. Take another deep breath. What you just breathed in was inside the trees and the forests that surround this beautiful temple. How many of you have been for a walk on the loop out back? Take another deep breath. This cold front that just came through, you're breathing Canadian boreal forest. Say thank you, Canadian boreal forest. I was only partially correct. When I said the calcium in your bones and the iron in your blood is as old as the earth, and it's true, you are four and a half billion years old at last estimate. But the truth is also that we were there when the universe was created. So kids, the truth is you're at last estimate about 13 to 16 billion years old. Think about a molecule. Think about an atom. Think about protons and electrons whirling around the neutrons and protons. Take the space out between the protons and electrons and neutrons. And you could take everything in this room and you could squeeze it down smaller than a marble. Of course, that marble would weigh as much as this room. Take out the space between the pews and the people. The space between the walls and the trees and the buildings of greater Peoria. Take the space out between the proton, electron, and neutron. And you could take this entire planet and you could squeeze it down into something smaller than a softball. It'd weigh as much as this planet. But this, take the space out between the stars galaxies. Take the space out between all the planets, known and unknown, the black holes and wormholes. Take the space out between the proton, electron, and neutron, and you can take the entire cosmos, and you could squeeze, how small, I don't know. But they say the world began with light. An explosion so big that right now we have a satellite dish in Puerto Rico that is the size of a football field. And this satellite dish built into the side of a mountain is listening to the sound of deep space. And what it hears is the echo of that great explosion 
billions of years ago. And the ever-expanding universe. And yes, it is a cliche, but it's still true. We are stardust. We are golden. We are part of that huge expanding universe. But as that explosion happened, some things began to coalesce. In that beginning time, molecules or atoms were fused together to create heavier atoms. And in that beginning time, atoms fused together to create molecules. And molecules fused together to create planets and suns and our sun and the light that we breathe and eat and imbibe. The earth was made, as I already said, about four and a half billion years ago. And then a huge meteor struck the earth and bounced off, and because of the gravitational pull, became our moon. Some planets have multiple moons. We only got one. But in that beginning time, there was a really good friend of mine who was there and told me this story. He is a molecule of ferrous oxide. You might know him as Rusty. Rusty was there when the world was made. Rusty was a little fleck of iron and oxygen. You put them together, it turns red. Rusty was there as the crust of the earth cooled. And could you indulge me for a moment? Put your hands together. Rub your hands together. Harder, faster, faster, harder, faster. You feel that heat, feel that friction. Put on your cheeks on a cold day, feels good. Now instead of rubbing two hands together, imagine rubbing two rocks together. One the size of North America, one the size of Africa, Europe, and South America. Actually, my indigenous elders, we call this Turtle Island because we know. Hold on! North America's swimming in the ocean. Hold on! It even looks like a turtle with Florida and Baja California and Mexico. It's swimming in the ocean sky, swirl void. And when the continents crash together, if you want to take your two hands, two continents crash together, one goes underneath. Can you say subduction? And if you push that other one against it, and as it slides, you feel how it catches and releases? That's what causes earthquakes. Did you feel that a couple weeks ago? We had one in the Midwest. And when one goes under, what is that called? Another one is pushed up. And that's how mountains are made. The Appalachian Mountains were actually pushed up, worn down, and pushed up again. How do I know? Because Rusty was here. He told me this story. And actually, one of those earlier plate tectonic shifts, there were volcanoes in Michigan. And molten magma rose up. And because of the heat of the friction, molten magma rock was melted and rose up and was cast in all directions. And if you go to the Kenai Peninsula in Michigan, you find iron and copper and other rich minerals. How do I know? Because Rusty was there. He told me this story. And I'm going to, you know, I just covered, what, 16 billion years in those few sentences? <laughs> Let's speed up a little bit. If you were right here uh, 300 million years, so we just cut some zeros off. If you were right here 300 million, not billion years ago, this was a shallow sea. Hold your breath. If you were right here 300 million years ago, we'd been underwater. And there are seashells in the bedrock. Depend on what period, Ordovician, Devonian, limestone. Right here. 
But as those continents swam apart and the earth warmed and cooled and that volcano erupted, uh, let's, let's drop a few more zeros. They don't add up to much. Imagine you're right here 100,000, so not 300 million, but 100,000 years ago, it got really cold. You think last week was cold? It was so cold that the winter lasted for 100,000 years. And every winter, more snow fell than melted. In the summer, it didn't all melt, so more snow fell on top of that. And more snow on top of that and created walls of ice in some places a mile thick. You ever wonder why the Midwest is so flat? These glaciers, like bulldozers, cut the tops off of mountains and filled in the valleys. How do I know? Rusty was here. He told me this story. He was actually part of that molten magma, became a chunk of granite made about 800 million years ago and was carried here by the glaciers uh, 100,000 years ago. And when the glaciers melted back, they left chunks of glacial erratics, rocks. They were made in Canada. Yes, rocks migrate. When the ice melted back, Rusty was left here. But as the ice melted back, big hairy elephants and woolly mammoth and mastodon, <laughs> saber-toothed cat and sloth bear were right here. I used to work for the Cincinnati Museum of Natural History, and I've held the tooth, not a fossil, but an actual tooth of a saber tooth that was found here in the Midwest. A friend of mine working in the gravel pits in Chillicothe, digging up that ancient Ordovician and Denovian, uh, uh, Devonian limestone, Ancient seashells found the tusk of a woolly mammoth 16 feet long, right north of here. And you always, kids, wonder what that mystery meat is in your school lunchroom? <laughs> Leftover woolly mammoth. <laughs> Again, when I worked at the Field Museum, they found one frozen in an iceberg in Siberia, and they could tell what it had eaten for dinner. It was that well-preserved. And one of the scientists said, I wonder what it tastes like. And they barbecued woolly mammoth at the Field Museum. I missed that dinner. <laughs> How do I know all this? Rusty was here. He told me this story. But as the ice melted back, um, the big hairy animals moved north. And as it got too hot, get out of the kitchen. Some of them went extinct. Some of them just kept going north like the muskox. It still lives up there. But as the ice melted back, Forest from the south migrated north. Yes, if I went out back, as I did right before the service, and, and I visit those oak trees, I did not take a genetic sample, but if I did, I bet hard cash money, the genetic of, of your 200-year-old oak trees out back, those trees migrated here from Missouri in the Ozarks. What? Oak trees migrate? Yes. An oak tree grows and drops an acorn. It sprouts and drops an acorn. It sprouts and drops an acorn. And over a thousand years, the oak trees of the Ozarks migrated here. How do I know? One of those oak trees sent a root down into the ground. One of those oak trees found that chunk of glacial erratic made in Canada 800 million years ago, carried here by the glaciers 100,000 years ago, and that root grew down into that crack in that rock. And as that root grew, it cracked the rock in two and <laughs> drank Rusty up. And Rusty went up through the xylem and phloem cells 
into the, uh, through under the cork cambium, out into the branch of the tree, into a twig in a tree, into a leaf in a tree, and, uh, and became part of that leaf. And for the first time in 16 billion years, Rusty had a job. As part of the iron in the leaf, he was part of photosynthesis. Can you say photosynthesis? The factory in the leaf that makes food to feed us all. Any herbivores here? Vegetarians? Anybody besides me like to eat acorns? They have a lot of high tannic acid, unless they're white oak, and then you can, you can actually leach out the tannic acid, and they're a lot like a, a walnut. They're tasty if you cook them right. Um, and, but Rusty worked in that leaf making food to grow acorns. And he actually cycled around through the tree a couple of times. And when um, it, it got cold again, no, not another ice age. When it got cold again, it was just winter this time, um, the, the, the tree actually pulls a lot of the important minerals out. Repurpose, reuse, recycle, reduce. These aren't just buzzwords. It's how all life lives. And so he was pulled out of that leaf and stored in the trunk, and the leaf fell to the ground. And that leaf, ah, I just noticed on my shoe <laughs> from walking in the woods this morning, uh, decayed and became part of the soil again. And the following spring, when the earth thawed and the snow melted, and right now's the time to make maple syrup, if you love maple syrup like I do, and, and the, the Rusty went up through the trunk and back out. And this time, though, instead of going into a leaf, he went into a little flower. Now, on oak trees, the male flower and the female flower are separate. Most flowers have male and female parts together. That's pretty common in nature. But in, uh, in this flower, the oak flower, the catkin, is separate from the female. Now, how do trees get together? They can't, like, go to the dance on a Saturday night. They're wind-pollinated. And in just a couple weeks, you'll go out in the morning and your car will be dusted yellow. Billions of grains of pollen from the oak and the pine that are wind pollinated. Most pollen is wasted on the ground, but not rusty. He got lucky. You know what happens when the male part finds the female part? Love. <laughs> or when, the, when different parts come together out of that choice of love, who are we to say? is love, but they're in love. And little acorns are made. And the leaf, factory of the leaf, feeds the acorn all summer. And all summer, the acorn grows a little bigger and a little bigger until late in the summer, early fall. It's a big, fat acorn. And along comes the squirrel. And the squirrel climbs up in that tree. And the squirrel eats that little acorn. And Rusty becomes a squirrel. He loves climbing trees, leaping from limb to limb, running way out on the furthest branch, gathering acorns and putting them in his cheek and burying them underground. And does squirrel remember where he buries all those acorns? How does he find them in, this, in the winter? Little post-it notes in his den? Sense of smell. No nuts over here. They can smell through like six inches of snow and leaf litter and dirt up to a foot down. No nuts over here. All the nuts are over here. And, uh, and he finds an acorn. And as he's digging it up, he's not the only one who's hungry. Sitting in one of those oak trees. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
And no, Joe, that wasn't me calling outside your window last night. <laughs> At the bed and breakfast, we heard owls all night. Because this is the time when owls are looking one for another. And when the owl saw that squirrel, jumped from that branch, wings longer than my arms for a great horned owl, soft feathers that slice the air. So the squirrel didn't hear him coming. As a squirrel, is he snatched from out of nowhere? The owl hits and they hit the ground together and he tears at the throat and blood and. And the owl has breakfast. And Rusty becomes an owl and learns to fly, learns to soar. But that winter, it was really cold. They actually had a cold spell that lasted like 10 days below zero and pipes froze at the church. And because of the deep snow, it was hard to find food. It happens to all of us. It's a part of the cycle of life. Rusty the owl grew old. I hope you all have a good long life with many years ahead of you. But ears didn't work so well. Hunting not so efficient. Without food, without fuel, without that light from photosynthesis of the sun through that web of life. Rusty the owl froze and fell to the ground, buried in the last of the oak leaves, the last tree to lose leaves, buried in snow, frozen. But when the snow melted, the leaves melted, the owl melted, and along came a fly in the spring. You and I might smell that and go, ew, gross. But a little fly goes, mmm, supper. And no, Rusty did not become a fly. The fly thought, there's so much food here, I can't let it go to waste. And laid eggs. And the eggs hatched. And Rusty did not become a maggot. Like a little grain of rice that wiggles. The grain of rice that was the maggot ate rusty, but like most of the food that we eat, just passing through. And rusty became mud, like you and I. Lucky piles of mud who can stand up and breathe, who can sing, who can love who can strive to know our place in this great web we call life. Hush and listen to the earth, to the song we are singing, singing rock and rain and rill, from each mountain and valley, calling, calling, from her heart she is calling. If I could step to the dais for a moment and just say, I believe the first sin that we as humans created, it's all in our head. 
when we think we are separate, when we delude ourselves with this nightmare illusion that we are separate, all other sins come from that. How could you ever be mean or unkind to some person who breathes the same breath that you breathe? Who shares the same molecules and atoms? How can we even begin to contemplate the sins against the earth and the environment if we just pause and think, that glass of water is going to flow through me and out into the world. That piece of plastic that we discard will find its way into the ocean and into seafood that will be served at your favorite restaurant a year from now. Every sin against our fellow creatures stems from this one illusion that we are separate, that we are alone, Please, take a deep breath with me. And every breath you breathe in, know you are connected. Take another deep breath. What you just breathed in was inside the person sitting next to you a couple seconds ago. When we pollute it, we have to breathe it too. <laughs> take another deep breath. Say thank you, Canadian boreal forest. Think about the calcium in your bones. An actual fact, it was a Devonian seashell. Because Illinois American water gets two-thirds of its water from wells that are pumped through those ancient layers of limestone. The calcium in your bones was a living sea creature 300 million years ago. The iron in your blood has been here since before time. Before we had any sense of time. You are 16 billion years old. Every day you shed a few hairs, some of us more than others. Every moment you're shedding, sloughing off skin. And what was you will become some other life form. Even the simple act of trimming your fingernails, as I did while I was driving in this morning, toss them in the garden. And what was once you becomes the black-eyed Susan in the front yard of the church. We are so connected. Every simple act, every fork you put in your mouth, Every glass of water, every hug, kids and elders. One of my coolest recent facts, if I could collect some of the microbes who live on your eyebrow, you have these tiny arachnids that are related to spiders. They're microscopic. If I could collect a few of those and do a DNA analysis, I could tell where your great-great-great-grandmother was born. 
Because who's the first person who kissed you and gave you those arachnids on your eyebrows? It was probably your mother. And who's the first person who kissed your mother and her mother and her mother back to the dawn of time? A friend of mine did the genetics. Looking at those arachnids who live in your sheets and your pillowcases, who eat the dead skin sloughing off of you, we can tell if you're Slovenian or African, if you're Japanese or Jamaican. We are connected in so many ways. Take another deep breath. Do you feel it? Do you acknowledge it? Do you know it in your soul? With every breath, I find you. Closer, closer than my heart. Nearer, nearer than my mind. Right within every breath, I find you. One more time. And I become the blue of the skies. I become the thunder. I become the earth seen stars. To honor you, wonder of wonders. I honor you, wonder of wonders.